Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 commercial-free minutes for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, Vice President Pence received the corona vaccine, coronavirus vaccine on television. Looked like he received the vaccine. Could have just been something else, but I think people are actually getting a vaccine. So what do you think? He's going to be fine, He says he didn't feel a thing, which must mean the Bell's palsy was kicking in. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I noticed that they said about Bell's palsy, and I immediately thought it must be something like the myelitis because and I, and when I started looking into it, it said exactly that it they suspect it's an autoimmune response that uh, attacks some myelin connectivity. And the reason I thought that is that many vaccines, because they hypercharge the immune system, the immune system turns against some of your own cells. And quite often it's the myelination uh of your, you know, your head, your neck, your spinal column, which is the insulation on your kind of nervous system. And it keeps the firing from getting to the end muscle. So that's why people have like, uh, they'll have like mild paralysis in their limbs and bells. Your face is, is when you're like half your face gets completely paralyzed. Yeah. And it's weird. And the FDA sent out a warning yesterday telling doctors to look out for Bell's palsy because both the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine during the clinical trials had four people end up getting Bell's palsy as a result. And they do recover, not immediately. It takes a little bit of time well, to, to get back to normal. it can take years. If you have that, you have to go to the hospital immediately because either it's a stroke, which you need immediate intervention for, or it's Bell's palsy, which they have to give you steroids for right away. I knew I knew someone who had it for years before it went away. And years. they're giving the vaccine to people who are in the group of vulnerable people who could potentially have a stroke or have some sort of condition that has similar symptoms as Bell's palsy. So I think they need to look out for misdiagnosing. If someone has a stroke and they're saying, oh, that's just your Bell's palsy from the vaccine, then that could cause some severe problems for some people. And Pence did get it on television today. I, I don't trust any of that. That's me being cynical. Trust it. Uh, If you want to trust it, do your research. But these are publicity stunts. This is part of this massive campaign. We are being assaulted. I mean, assaulted at every angle by this pro-vaccine propaganda campaign, despite the fact that the coronavirus testing issues haven't been addressed. The actual case numbers and everything haven't been addressed. What we're dealing with specifically has not been made clear to the public. We're being raced through and told to put this vaccine in us, and they're they're not hitting the brakes on this at all. They are amping it up. And what I think is a real smoking gun or a red flag, however you want to look at it, is that both the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines, so the Moderna vaccine got, uh, it's not approved, it's not regulatory approval, but an FDA body gave it a kind of green light, and it is likely today to get emergency authorization, which is not regulatory approval. They're allowing it to be used without going through the regulatory, regular regulatory process. But both of those vaccines, which are both experimental, mRNA vaccine, Pfizer and Moderna, are going to blow up 
their clinical trials by giving the people who got the placebo the vaccine and giving them priority to the vaccine. Because you could just say, all right, you get on the list, you're not prevented from it. So the way it works is to see the long-term effects, you take your group of people like Moderna, for example, 15,000 people who got the vaccine and the 15,000 people got the saline. And then after two years, you see what the incidence of any kind of illness is. And you see if there's a statistical uh, significant increase in the group that got the vaccine. And if they are going to now prioritize the people who got the placebo, there is going to be no no controlled way of examining the long-term effects. And the and I believe because they have Moderna's been in existence for 10 years and its mission statement is to develop this mRNA technology and they've never had anything approved before. But with 10 years of testing, they surely know what the long-term implications are. And I have to suspect that the reason they're blowing up these studies is they don't want us to know what those long-term effects are. Yeah, and they're getting more testing data right now, really. This is really a big clinical trial we're all experiencing as we're seeing these FDA warnings pop up on a weekly basis now. And the propaganda around it. So we have the Tom Cruise PR stunt, which I think was a PR stunt. Tom Cruise taking a break from the, that movie right now after that little stunt. And we're seeing the scarcity tactic of the vaccine being amped up. The Well, we're going to have less shots in Georgia than we originally thought. So they're trying to get people to want to kind of cut in line, which then they're talking about being worried about a black market of vaccines arising. That's why I think this idea of having the Moderna and Pfizer control groups leapfrog the line because of their willingness to put themselves on the front lines is bull. I mean, hundreds of millions of people, they signed up for the test. They are willing to go through with the test to the bitter end, or even if you just put them on the back of the line or not promoted them to be on the front of the line, but they're deliberately getting these people to cut a line on something that they might not roll around to them in for a while. And maybe by the end, maybe after a few months, people won't even get the vaccine anymore. So these guys could they they are deliberately blowing up that control group, even in an environment of scarcity. What's up, guys? With such uncertainty in the world right now, the best way to have true security is by growing your own food. And Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, they got you covered. They offer garden supplies, vegetable plants, chicken feed, bird feed, farm supply, everything your garden or farm needs. They even host a farmer's market on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And right now, for Propaganda Report listeners only, they're offering 10% off of all online purchases at NeighborsFeedAndSeed.com. Just type in coupon code PROP, P-R-O-P, all caps, upon checkout. And if you have any questions, give them a call at 678 678- Six five three eight eight three eight. Yeah, and I want to follow up on the story from yesterday. Yesterday that we talked a lot about the healthcare worker in Alaska that had no history of allergies that had a reaction to getting the vaccine. The one that they said was super excited about still getting the vaccine. That person spent the night in the ICU. The and, ICU. Yeah, they spent the evening in the ICU. And they, they're telling us, they're telling us, we're not hearing this from her. We're hearing this from doctors and other people who were working with her. So we're not actually hearing her say this or this person say this. They say that during the whole time, she was still enthusiastic that she got the vaccine and the benefits that it would give her in the future. And she's still encouraging her colleagues to get that. She was in the ICU. Nobody is thrilled or enthusiastic to be in the ICU. This is where you go when you are 
you could die. This is where people who are close to potentially having a bad outcome go. And it seems to me, all I read in the newspaper every day is this incredible shortage of ICU beds. They're not just giving them away, right? So if this is going to create a demand for ICU beds, seriously, like if if there's one, how many people have gotten the vaccine? How many people have a serious reaction? You could fill up the ICU with that if you have. I, I mean, they're they're ordering hundreds of millions of doses of this thing. And they're creating their trying to create circumstances where if someone takes the vaccine and for whatever reason ends up in ICU in critical condition, then they can just say, oh, that just means it's working. (laughs) Because you should still be thrilled. Would you end up in the ICU with no vaccine at all? If you got coronavirus, most people would not end up in the ICU. Yeah, the vaccine send someone to the ICU and they're thrilled about it. Give me a break. This is this is such it's a joke what they're trying to push onto people and make people believe and it is working in some groups of people. There was there's a person that I'm acquaintances with, I know in the theater community, and this person very hardcore buys into everything. For four years on social media, it was Trump is a traitor, he's a Russian, he's in Putin's pocket, he's a Nazi, he's a racist, all the stereotypical (laughs) smears this person is a true believer of. The things that come out of Don Lemon's mouth go into this person's head as absolute truth. And I was talking to this person recently because I, I saw them at a gathering and I, I like him. I, he's, he's, I consider him a friend of mine. When it comes to social media, I say in my head, I'm saying social media, this person is, it's not a good look. Everyday average conversation, this person is perfectly fine. But I wanted him to hear what Fauci said about, or what Carrie Mullis said about Fauci. There's a clip that's been going around where Carrie Mullis gives his true feelings about Fauci, and he does not hold back in this clip. He says that Fauci doesn't know anything. Fauci has no problem getting in front of the American people on camera and lying to them. And Fauci's been challenged number of times to discuss, to debate the merits of his, quote, science on television. And Fauci never takes people up on it because... According to Kerry Mullis, he believes Fauci just doesn't know anything. He's just a, a figurehead. So I start and I and I told him this is a clip from the guy who invented the PCR test, who won a Nobel Prize for it, who Fauci Fauci's using his test to, you know, determine coronavirus numbers. And I got about two seconds into the clip. And at the beginning of the clip, he says Fauci doesn't know what he's talking about. The guy two two seconds into the clip has a visceral reaction and just interrupts the clip and starts saying no no Fauci knows what he's talking about Fauci like just starts spitting out verbatim propaganda that we've been hearing on CNN about how Fauci's the greatest scientist in the world he could not hear this and I stopped the clip and I was like this is the person who invented the test who won a Nobel Prize speaking about Fauci's use of his test and did he know this was old I told him after I told him after and then he stopped and he actually listened to it, but he was just stewing the whole time. That that critical, it short circuits just hearing criticism of Fauci in this person and other people like him in this target audience that he could not even hear or, or grasp the merits of the person who invented the test. This guy has authority to speak about it, couldn't even take it in. 
without shorting out. They started that cult of personality around Fauci right in the beginning. So when he first came out, I actually didn't know that Carrie Mullis stuff. I found out pretty shortly thereafter. And I was reading the AIDS book that was introduced by Carrie Mullis. So I knew of, I knew what his credentials were. But Fauci came out and I immediately like stuff he was saying was wrong. I knew it was wrong. So I said, I, I said to my husband, like, oh, that guy is completely full of it. Like, that guy's just totally full of it. And he started laughing. He was like, you know, uh, my liberal friends all say that he's the only one that they trust. Like, he just is the only one that they have any faith in. And and it was before there was any controversy or anything. And I remember thinking, wow, really? So they're just, like, deifying this guy out of the gate? So people have, like, an, have trust. That's what they say, like, trust. And that is what they talk about building in that Rockfin video that that we discuss this propaganda campaign that's playing out in front of us. You can see them strategizing it, gaming it out, talking about the different tactics in this CFR panel discussion that we discussed, which is specifically a discussion about countering the quote vaccine disinformation and the tactics that they must use. I mean, they laugh about the tactics, but we see the same type of discussions with the same people at the Brookings Institute at Chatham house at the World Economic Forum, this stuff comes from the top. If you're into studying or analyzing propaganda and propaganda organization and strategy, then you are living in heaven right now because we are seeing one of the biggest widespread propaganda campaigns, probably in the history of Earth. This is at, at least the, the most obvious mass organization of worldwide propaganda since World War I. Well, it has to be because it is the whole earth. That's what I was thinking. Like They could never have done this if there was any place for any of us to escape to. Yeah. It just it's everywhere. And that's what and it had to be everywhere or it would not work. Although you see, when I was looking into the story out of Nigeria, they're definitely not doing there in the story itself. It said that they weren't adopting our protocols and their and their death rate is like one two hundred and fiftieth of ours. So, yeah, I guess we could go to Nigeria, but <laughs> that doesn't always have the economic opportunities that we are. Accustomed well, there always to. seems to be some reporting about how countries we thought were doing well suddenly get hit with a bunch of cases of the virus. So they kind of seem, seem to be systematically taking down each country that pretends or acts like it's doing well. <clears throat> or they just propaganda, you know, yeah, they that's just what, say that's what that. I mean. Whether it's, it's true really or not, true. I, I don't know. And I, I want to continue to ask this question because to me, this is one of the most important questions and I haven't found an answer for it yet. I've looked some, I haven't looked really, really deep, but I have tried to find the answer to this. Why were those two people in the UK who had a history of allergic reactions given the vaccine when they would not have been allowed in the clinical trial? And how is that going to be prevented again? That's a problem. We need to know why those people were given the vaccine. Was it an accident? Did they lie about their history or were they not vetting it enough? Or perhaps this is the clinical trial for that group of people. Ever since getting to know the people and products at True Hemp Science, I have made CBD products a highly rewarding part of my life. From muscle rub to body lotion to CBD oil and my absolute favorite, gluten-free brownies, I have incorporated CBD products into my own approach to personal well-being. To find out more about CBD products in general and True Hemp Science products in particular, including their latest offering of gummies, check out their website and request a free personal consultation at truehempscience.com slash prop report. The CNN article defending the vaccine, saying you need to be careful in the reporting of it because 
the vaccine's been tested. It rationalizes. It's been tested and it's shown to be successful in the group that it was tested. There was a number of groups excluded, and this is expressly stated on Pfizer's website. So that would indicate that it has not been tested in these groups that are excluded, yet these groups are some of the first people who are getting it. So this could be some sort of trial because it's not going to affect the data. They got their 95% number they can throw around, but now that they're giving the trial in the real world, they can give it to people that have a history of allergic reactions and kind of gauge how they react. I actually think they probably know because these things have been... I, I mean, I saw something about the gene transduction DNA. Um, it was it was called a bioweapon when I saw the patent of it, but it was at least 40 years old. So this is not news to them. They know they have had a wide variety. I mean, who knows who they've been testing on over the years. I just think in order, I think you're right, that in order to get the through the trial, they had to have the most pristine group, and then they immediately had to issue a warning. Now, they couldn't immediately issue a warning based on what they knew, they had to act like they just figured it out. I think this is a very, very big scam, which is why they're going to give the people who got the placebo the vaccines, because I think they do know and they they can't reveal that foreknowledge, but they can't. But they do want you to have the information and they're not going to put that information in, say, the FDA filing. They don't want it there because then it has to be addressed. And there was one mm-hmm. person in the Moderna panel yesterday, the FDA Moderna panel, who uh, abstained from voting. So they wanted it to be unanimous. And one person just refused to vote. And I can't find that person's name. I can't find any reasoning behind it. But there were issues. There's issues and there's concerns. And I don't want to stop anybody from getting vaccinated if they feel that's the best decision for them. I just don't accept this these circumstances where we're not allowed to ask questions about it or people are shamed for asking questions when legitimate concerns are being brought up by scientists themselves and doctors themselves. Ask questions. Don't accept being pressured or bullied. Do your research and get get as much information as possible and make an informed decision. That I want people to do what they think is best for them. I know people can be extreme on either side of this issue. It's all very suspicious. It's all very curious to me. And CNN had this article today titled, Why It's Crucial That News Outlets Get It Right When Covering Adverse Coronavirus Vaccine Reactions. And I'd like to read a few passages of it to you, if that's okay. It says, as the largest vaccine program in American history gets underway, incidents in which some people have allergic reactions will undoubtedly pop up. And that presents a complicated task for newsrooms. On one hand, an adverse reaction to the new vaccine is newsworthy, but on the other hand, news organizations risk saturating coverage with stories about isolated incidents that might give the public the wrong impression about the safety of the Pfizer biotech vaccine and others that eventually receive emergency use approval. So what, tell me that, summarize that. The takeaway is you need to be careful about how often you report these vaccine reactions because as they put it, It's a disservice to highlight individual cases unless they're really telling us something we didn't know was possible. So they're saying the opposite of what CNN normally does. They say, don't tell these little (laughs) one-off personalized stories and say that you should draw conclusions from these individual stories when these individual stories don't match what the data is. Go off of the data. 
So usually CNN says, screw the data, we're going to tell individual stories and apply it broadly. But since it's the other way around here, they're saying, ignore everything you see with these stories, these reactions, because it's just fine. It'll be just fine for you. The data is not apples to apples, though. That's what they should say. It's like those 30,000 people in the Moderna study were hand selected. And then when you're getting I I haven't I don't even know if these are stories coming out of a pool of 30,000. It could be a smaller pool. So you're getting it's not really anecdotal. It's it's a real time trial that's happening on such a broad scale so rapidly that you're actually getting those you're seeing the reactions and they should be reported on every actually to tell you the truth. If I understand correctly, a doctor who gets a report of a side effect for a drug they give has to report it. Yeah. This is a great comparison that they make in this article. This is a guy named Jonathan Reiner. He's a professor of medicine and surgery at George Washington University and a CNN medical analyst. He said that an isolated instance doesn't equal widespread voting fraud and isolated adverse events shouldn't erode confidence in these vaccines. Multiple anecdotes don't equal data. So he's making the comparison of voter fraud nice. with vaccines and linking those two together. And then he goes on to talk about how malleable public opinion is right now. And so you're in the business of shaping public opinion. So you need to report the stories in a way that shapes public opinion to favor getting the vaccine. It's basically the takeaway of the story. So the there was a cyber attack, you know, the cyber attack story about, you know, it's been all over the news. They say it's Russia The a sourcing for this being Russia. Are you familiar with the story? That yes, there was a I cyber am. attack. It's like Solar Wind and FireEye are two kind of cybersecurity companies that service basically every Fortune 500 company, every government agency, and they were surreptitiously infiltrated. For this is the this is the story that has not been confirmed by the government, but has been leaked by numerous quote people. And that they it had been surreptitiously infiltrated for years so that you cannot identify them or detect them at all. And the impact could go on forever. You won't know that you're being undermined, that you're being spied on. And I have a lot of takeaways from this story. Do you ever feel like something is not quite right with the world? Brushfire is a new libertarian thriller packed with twists and turns, including life-changing chaos, a web of government secrets, decentralized freedom cells, and utilizing every tool possible to avoid detection from state agents like using cryptocurrencies, hacking techniques, secure encrypted messaging, and a strong security culture. Henry, Maxine, and their new liberty-minded friends fight against the seemingly never-ending threat of tyranny and injustice and show how liberty in our lifetime is possible, but only through direct action. Get your copy of Brushfire today by visiting libertyunderattack.com slash brushfire or via Amazon. For audio listeners, a 15-hour audiobook has been newly released via Audible and libertyunderattack.com. So this guy, Tom Bossert, was writing, I think, in the New York Times. His his story was, I was the, um, oh, what was his role? He was some big guy in Intel uh, in the Trump administration. And he's trying to tell us all the stuff about this cyber attack that we need to know. And one of the things he says is that every email 
that that Joe Biden should be warned that every email he gets could be a fake, that he goes on to say, this guy, that um, we have to replace all the computers, hardware, servers, because everything's been infiltrated. So I when I was reading this op-ed by this guy, it completely reminded me of the insider threat thing. It was John Brennan and Obama, and they were they were trying to button up leaks from the inside, whistleblowers and stuff. They put people in jail. They were reading people's emails and stuff and because I think because they're up to so much like illegal activity, they don't want anyone on the inside getting out. So if they act like there's this Russian infiltration into every agency from every direction and anything could be fake and every computer server, everything could be infiltrated by the Russians and it's undetectable and ongoing. This is this is his story. So my feeling is about this is a it gives them an excuse to scrub everything to monitor everything to question everything to punish people. It also given that it's the private stuff. And Klaus Schwab was warning us about this from the beginning, a massive cyber attack. It could be a whole nother level of this controlled demolition thing, where if they're saying that inside of every company are these bombs that could blow them up or or hack their data. Of course, I think this is our government itself doing all this stuff. Yeah, we know that the CIA can mimic Russia. I don't, they're saying there, there those, isn't even that any technology in some that batch that was released from WikiLeaks a couple of years ago. I remember we talked, we did a show where we talked about it. They can, I think it's make a fingerprint and make it look like it's Russia. They have technology to do that. They're saying it doesn't even need that. They're saying you can't even tell. So they're they're not even making that stuff up. They're just saying you're. It's gonna. It's so subtle that it's not even gonna look like somebody from the outside. However, Dick Durbin, who's a Democrat. Is said this is an act of war. We need to be ready. Yeah. Biden said uh, commensurate retaliation will take place with our allies. The and military partners. needs to be ready. I heard somebody saying that. This was this was in some of that tripwire stuff. And anything in the future, this is a convenient excuse for just blaming it on Russia, if you want, because it's so vague and you can't really tell if it is. And so we we'll just blame it on Russia. The Russian absolutely. Hack. It is carte blanche for doing. It's like it was like the Edward Snowden stuff. Edward Snowden escaped with some thumb drives and laptops, right? Way back when. And for years now, there have been I think it's I think it's millions of documents. Like new stuff comes out all the time. And it's so it seems to me quite possible that whatever they want us to think, they can just say, oh, and this came from the Edward Snowden files when yeah. it didn't. But they just have this blanket excuse for anything they want to do. The cover, at the, yeah. At the same time, they're investigating big tech for antitrust, which, I mean... And telling guys, us that the voting machines, there's no way they were hacked, and yet everything else is hacked. That's a good point. But one of the parts of the big tech investigation is the government wants to collect all the big data. They want to actually look at their user data, not like their protocols or anything, but actually look at the data. So this could just be a way of big tech to give 
the government all that data. But but basically, I mean, there are many implications of this. But if they're saying it's undetectable and it's ongoing and it's Russian and it's hacking and it can be anything, it can be fake, it can be information. The government can literally just drain all information out of every entity, no matter what the laws are about sharing across government entities, no matter what a company says they're doing to protect your privacy. They can they can take what the U.S. government, I think it's the government or whoever they operate with, can take whatever they want and just blame it on Russia. This is what we're being set up for here. Absolutely. There's a whole other thing, too. He wants to replace all this hardware, the computers, the servers, all this kind of stuff. So you've got all this infrastructure, all this spending. And that made me think of the two pieces of news you told us, uh, or I don't think you got to it, but... Booty Judge was going to be transportation secretary mm-hmm. and Iger uh, wants to be the China ambassador. When you look at the Hunter Biden reveals, you see you have a whole new appreciation for the money and power that is tied up in being the guy who controls the relationship with China or the transportation spending. Really? That's what I think, because they when, when they talked about and there's even more stuff about it now. They, I can, I mean, if you've got a second, I can just read you one of the, one of the, one of the like 900 yeah. texts. It says, um, man, are you right? This guy, uh, Jilliar says to Bob, Bob Linsky, he says, man, are you right? Let's get this company set up. Then tell H and family the high stakes and get Joe involved. And then uh, he says, Jim Biden hadn't been part of the discussion, but now seems like a focal point with H's demons. It could be good to have backup. He strengthens strengthens our USP. I don't know what that is to Chinese as it looks like a truly family business. Unique selling point. The dude. Oh, maybe. And I like the dude. So he they go into and then this like folded into the whole Ukraine thing when Victoria Newland said that oh, we need Biden to come uh, put an attaboy on this, nail down the deeds, and then it'll fly. So I, I'm piecing together just how... Da- and they're even talking about it in the news now that like it doesn't even matter if he was doing anything for them. He was selling the impression, or Joe was, or Jim, Jim or Hunter was selling the impression that he does do something. Those positions of power. And then these guys, Mobilinsky, when they saw, s- sent... The memo out saying we have these 15 contacts. They were all 15 contacts in the government who controlled government money. That's what they were selling to this Chinese joint venture. It just I, I, I can't. It's really putting a lot of details on the kind of scaffolding, you know, like putting a lot of structure on how how these guys benefit. Kamala Harris is so, so powerful now. It's so blatant and this is a swampy type family who is mobster like utilizing the family name to to make themselves wealthy and the, nobody cares. In fact, Stephen Colbert goes to interview Joe Biden and he brings some of this stuff. He bring, doesn't bring some of that stuff, up, but he brings up Hunter Biden, the attacks on Hunter Biden. He's being attacked. And Joe says that's just a right wing smear thing and that Hunter's the smartest person intellectually that he knows. I'm sure the Republicans are plenty dirty. I've, yeah. I've read stuff like that. Definitely. But the more I investigate this, maybe because it is the Democrats, but like you see Giuliani's ham-handed mm-hmm. attempt to put his finger in the pie. Yeah. But when you look at Ukraine and well, China with these... more ways than one there. Maybe. 
I didn't see that video. But anyway, when you see the Democrats just in the Ukraine stuff and the Chinese stuff, as I've been investigating it, they are masterful. And you say it's a like a dirty family. It seems to me they're that is the rule, not the exception. I think that probably, yes, I completely agree. They're not the first dirty family. They won't be the last one to abuse some of their power. I mean, I'm saying all of them. Like when I looked at that list from Klobuchar to Feinstein to Kamala Harris to Newsom to Garcetti to Rick Scott. Nothing screams purity to you when you look at that list. (laughs) To de Blasio. I mean, it's just it's just these are the politicians. These are the ones that we have. And I'm sure they're I'm sure that every politician is on somebody's list. This is our guy. I think that is probably the price one must pay to get to high levels of politics. In the Patron 15, I'm going to tell you about a unique type of mask being sold in Japan, unlike any other face mask that you see people wearing when they walk around right now. And here's something I want to tell you about. I noticed something weird about Twitter, a couple of things. And I was like, come on, I'm just, I'm sure it's just because my screen is cracked that it's acting this way. Nuh-uh. It was, there's some, they were up to something. And I thought I was paranoid, but I wasn't. I'll tell you about that in the Patreon. All right. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform in the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DNB and to our virtual parties that we occasionally have throughout the month, then go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. You can also find our deep dive video podcast on rockfin.com. We will talk to you all next week or in the Patreon 15. Have a great rest of your day. 